pretty excited about today's topic. Are you? I always enjoy a good discussion. Well, it's always it's always interesting for us to pick a topic and then see how it's how it's affecting our like how we relate it to our everyday lives, like in real time. You know what I mean? Yeah, it drives many friends and family, I think, a little crazy. <laughs> But we enjoy it. Uh, so. Yeah, okay. So uh, thank you for those who are joining us. We appreciate your time. We know it's a crazy season. Everyone's busy and frantic, it, it seems, in some kind of ways. But uh, we hope that you're able to take a little time to to breathe and to just listen to what these crazies have to say. <laughs> Mm-hmm. All right, so today on episode five, we're going to be talking about nurturing the human spirit, which we could go real deep into, but we only have a little bit. And just to in advance, we might break this up in two parts. It's a lot. Yeah. Let's dive in then, Dad. So how about you kick us off and just tell us what nurturing your spirit, what does that mean to you? The conscious journey that, you know, that I started was in 1977 when I was uh, getting ready to get out of the military. And I had just depleted myself uh, mentally, physically, and spiritually. I had something to prove, and I proved it. And at the end of that, it wasn't what I thought it would be. I was very exhausted. Well, how did you, what, what are some specifics? You don't have to tell us all your dirty, dark, dirty secrets, but what, when you say rebellion, what do you mean? Because everyone rebels differently. Well, you know, I grew up in a very, like I said, legalistic family. And if it was fun, you couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Pick something. And didn't you feel like God hated you <laughs> or tolerate well, I, I laugh tol- about it now. And, you know, the whole thought in our in our mind was God hates you and has a terrible plan for your life. Yeah. And it was a real perverted, distorted view of who God is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I went out to prove that I could do whatever I wanted to, regardless of what my dad, the church, and God said. Mm-hmm. So I did that. It was weird because I would be in those moments of just doing my own thing, and and somehow God would show up mm-hmm. in those situations, and um, I would just somehow know that God loved me. It, it, I it, it was very weird. Uh, do you have a s- Do you have a specific example of how God showed up for you one time? Not specifically, but. After I got out of the Navy and I'd been out, I think I was married, um, my dad lived in Oklahoma City, and he got a phone call from the airport. Somebody called him from the airport, and they said, do you know Jay Powers? And he said, yes, he's my son. And, he, and, and they went, well, I just want you to know that he saved my life. I don't know who that was to this day. Wow. But I remember being in a drunken stupor with friends and us talking about the deeper things of life like God and 
spiritual stuff and and even in the middle of all of that I would be able to express that God did love us even though I had my own distorted sense of what that meant somehow I was able to share it with somebody else Hmm. yeah yeah I when I think about the times in my life when I was at my lowest you know that's that's when I felt God the most I feel like, you know, I've always, I've always connected with the outdoors and that's where I've always felt most free and at home with God. And, and so there's, there was, I have plenty of memories and stories of connecting with God in that kind of way. But when I, when I think to like the deeper or the darker moments in my life, it's, it's kind of crazy and wild to think how God showed up then and. Mm-hmm. And even just to be sitting here talking about this like we are right now, to casually be saying the word God. And, you know, for me, it's been such a long journey. Um, you know, I, I rejected so much of religion and Christianity and God. Mm-hmm. I don't think I ever stopped believing. Like, I think I always knew God or something bigger existed. Mm-hmm. But I had I had so much trauma around the word God and Jesus, I had to unpack a lot of my own, my stuff to be able to get to the place that we're even sitting here right now talking about it. Because if you would have told me a year ago that I'd be sitting here having a conversation with my dad on a podcast that we started and we're talking about God, I would have probably just, you know, laughed in your face. Well, I think that's the, that's what's going on in the world. We're not the only one. There are people that you mentioned like Kat What's her name? Kat. Oh, Kat Von D. Yeah. Kat Von D and some other uh, personalities that people know are starting to go, there's got to be something more. I can't do it on my own. I've tried. I'm even a celebrity. I've got fame. I've got money. I've got all the stuff, and it's still a hole there. Mm-hmm. And you can't find it. In, and it moves from, the whole thought moves from something to someone. Yeah. Yeah, uh, God isn't just an idea, you know, um, or this made-up figure. Some uh, some skeptics would call it um, some sort of fairy tale to comfort you in the times of Mm -hmm. need. Yeah, yeah, or like I used to believe that it was, you know, religion and specifically Christianity was an, an escape, you know, it was, oh, we're all, you know, one day it was all focused on the afterlife. One day when you go to heaven or hell, it wasn't focused on the the nitty gritty right now. And since then, I, you know, I've grown and I've dissected a lot of what I used to believe and mm-hmm. no longer do believe that. Well, and the truth is, it is this, an escape. It's the greatest escape you'll ever know of. Yeah, but it also like it it doesn't pull you out of this world. It makes not at all. It makes you more. I feel like for me, it it made me f- more human, and and things more real, realer yeah. than real. It pulls you out of the pit. Yeah. Of despair. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So, so nurturing the human spirit. When you when you think of that, Dad, like, how does your spirit? get nurtured think of the high desert in new mexico or maybe on your way if you're out in the 
Great Plains and you get up into the high desert around four or 5,000 feet and it's been months since it rained. That's mm. what it's like. But eventually it starts soaking in. Yeah. If you've ever gotten dehydrated and you understand what being thirsty is like, then you kind of get a little bit of it. Yeah. We just feed, feed, feed ourselves, feed ourselves, our bodies and our, and our souls and our minds. And got, we, got, we have so much knowledge, mm-hmm. and yet our spirits get basically nothing. We fill up yeah. on entertainment and food and drug, sex, and rock and roll, and yeah. our spirits are dying. Yeah. There, someone once said that the most endangered species on the planet is the human spirit. Yeah, I personally believe that. And, yeah. And yet, at the same time, because we've gotten to this place of emaciation, people are starting to go, there's got to be something else. And there's this, you can sense this shift maybe in the cosmos and in the culture where people are going, what is that? What am I missing here? Yeah. Or like, I mean, I think about that, my own journey of when, when I have this, when I get married to this person, I used to think that like with my, you know, one of my last relationships, once we get married, you know, then I'll find peace or I've peaked several times and I'm sure I'll peak some more in my physical strength and my mm-hmm. athleticism. And I've gotten to those places where I've I've met goals and and hit those those markers with like, you know, I'm proud of this and this and this what an achievement, you know. I've climbed this mountain. I've, you know, I, I now can lead climb or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And you get there and you you hit it and then it's like okay, why and, do I still feel <laughs> the way I do in terms of um, whether it's lack of meaning or, or lack of purpose or direction? And I feel like. Yeah. When we're talking about nurturing the the human spirit, for me that means um, finding purpose and meaning in this this big old beautiful messy life, you know. Yeah, I agree with you. It's there's this, and those things aren't bad, you know. Having goals in life and no, fact, not that's at all. Part of living, yeah. And, you know, ancient scriptures talk about the van the vanity of just seeking your own desire and just uh, filling yourself up with with stuff that's empty, you know, mm-hmm. vain things that don't really matter. Yeah. Um, well, I like the, I, I like the, the progression where, you know, it goes from me, 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 and I, 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 to then it goes to us and to we, and then it goes to, to God and to all, you know, and it, and it, it takes the, it shifts the, for me, a, a big perspective shift was I used to think, well, I was at the center and God was up here. He was far away. He was distant. He, you know, wasn't really, didn't seem that interested. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, when I really dove into my spirituality, I started to see a shift where I was no longer at the center, but God was at the center. Yeah. And that shit, that changed everything for me. Yeah. You know, it's, and it, and it should, right? Like, I think that any spiritual practice any of us take on, for me, uh, you know, I've always, we've talked about this before, like, you know, don't don't tell me your faith, show me your faith. And I think there's a time and place for, for that, you know? I don't think we, we keep our mouth shut at all times. Relate that to how that nurtures the spirit. 
is it helping me to be more loving and more kind and more patient? And, and if it's not, then, then what's the point? Like if it's not transforming my heart, if it's not getting to the core of my stuff, then, then what is it? Like I've gone down a lot of different spiritual practices and paths and, you know, got really caught up. I feel like in the, the spiritual materialistic world where it's all like, you're doing, you know, you have your 10 different spiritual exercises you're doing every day. And yet I still was, it wasn't satiating my, my spirit. So th- those tools can be really good for us. But how, again, do we get to the, the place where it's actually feeding, feeding our spirit? Usually happens right after what I like to call a rude awakening. Yeah. You know, and, and I like Definitely. the picture that brings up, it's like a it's like a cold bucket of water in the face or a slap in the face mm-hmm. and your life's falling apart. And, and then all of a sudden you go, Oh, maybe I need to do something differently. Mm-hmm. You can go your whole life and never get here. Mm-hmm. Or when you have a rude awakening, you can go, what needs to be different? Yeah. I think of that moment in Denver when I had that lightning strike at, at the bar when I was, mm-hmm. It was like a, a slap of sobriety in my face. I, it didn't stop me right then and there. I, I had a moment of, of clarity, but then it it's like it's not this overnight thing where you wake up even when you have the awareness to then, you know, those changes take time. I mean, yeah. it's a lot of unpacking. We've talked about this. It's a lot of unlearning. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we also talk a lot about how it's, there's this, it starts out as this disorientation. Mm-hmm. And then there's a lot of time of having to grow reorient. and reorient, yeah, and yeah. let go and, and grow in a lot of ways. So. Yeah, I think AA calls that hitting your rock bottom. People coming to some sort of belief system comes from crisis. Yeah. Well, uh, there is, I read this article um, in Psychology Today. It says, while fewer Americans believe in God and millennials are the, the least religious generation in the, last, in the last few decades, nine out of ten Americans have relied on prayer in times of duress. It's like the ego just will not go out without putting up a fight, you know, and, and it's like, uh, I mean, I wrestled so hard, so, so hard, and I feel like there's that moment, if you've ever done like a timed yourself on a on a bar like hanging pull-ups or whatever yeah but if you're just hanging there and the moment before you you're about to let go you you tighten the hardest ever and it's like that grip is just so tight and that's the ego i feel like that just fights it and fights it picture and then you eventually let go well what letting go is this it to me that's humility yeah and surrender right Right. yeah that's true yeah yeah which so so when we t- when we're talking about nurturing the spirit, there's, I feel like in order to, for us to even get to that place of of feeding it and tending to it, we have to first be humbled, right? We have to surrender be to be humbled or humble yourself. Mm-hmm. A smart person will humble humble themselves, and not have to get put through the grinder to do it. But honestly, most of us have to go through the that meat grinder to. Yeah. Realize I, that we even need help. Yeah, I look I look back on my 20s and uh, I definitely there were some things I I took to heart, you know, advice and wisdom from older people or seeing, you know, 
some of my older friends go through stuff and be like, oh, okay, I don't think I need to do that. To, I don't need yeah. to try that. But there was a lot of things I actually had to learn the hard way, unfortunately. Well, that, and uh, that's, that's the way, you, the, I guess, one of the best teachers is experience. Um, How is that as a as a parent watching your kid go well, through the stuff that you know? You're like, what are you? It's hard. Because I mean, you and I went through that too. Is yeah. you know, um, the only difference between you and me is is I'm just twice as old. Mm-hmm. I and you haven't been sixty eight, but I've been thirty seven. Mm-hmm. I'm not thirty seven, but whatever thirty six. <laughs> How easily we forget. Um, when's my your, when's my birthday? You're in your thirties, July second. Oh, nice! Wow. But but you know it's like I I have made more mistakes than you. I've I've been through some stuff that you haven't been through just by experience. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean you're not smart. Yeah. And that you you know you, you don't know what you're doing. It's just that's the whole dynamic too of relationships. Mm-hmm. Well, and you you know we're I think we're kind of dealing with that with you know my niece and nephew who are nineteen and sixteen now and seeing some of uh, the ways that they they make sense of the world, it's hard for me yeah. to not want to interject and be like, are you freaking kidding me? It's one of those things that definitely uh, is humbling for me because I'm like, man, I, I said the, the same things and I thought I was so different and unique. Well, the 16-year-old in our family is the smartest one that's ever been born and we're all stupid. Yeah. And they know everything and we know nothing. Yeah. yeah. And we're going rude awakening mm-hmm. on its way to happening. Yeah. yeah. And it's hard to keep well to your answer your question. When you see that, when you see your child careening off into oblivion, it's really hard to not say something. And the discernment is when do you say something and when do you not say something and let the person crash and burn. Mm-hmm. In our culture, we try to protect our kids, our children from going through anything. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you just have to go through it. Yeah. We don't, you know, we, we will protect our children to a fault and actually hurt them by not letting them experiencing life's, life's trouble and life's pain sometimes. I actually uh, heard a, this guy said, we often prepare the roads for we often prepare the road for our youth versus preparing our youth for the road. Mm-hmm. We, we cater and, and try to, you know, Protect kind of, and... yeah, manipulate and set up all these like little safety zones or whatever. Mm-hmm. When, you know, really what if we, we taught our kids, you know, skills that would, would teach them when they're out there on their own, you know, there's, there are a lot of different themes when we're talking about, nurturing our, our spirit. Right? right. We talked about, we talked about, um, surrender and what that, what that means to get to this place of acknowledging that, you know, we don't know it, everything. Um, yeah. what are, what are your, what's another theme for you, dad? And when you think of nurturing your, your spirit, you have to, you have to have awareness that you need to change before you can change it. But then it's adapt, adopting and adapting to a posture of gratitude, mm-hmm. and it's and it's not based on a, in a emotion. Emotion can come out of it and be part of it, but it's really deciding to be grateful. Mm-hmm. 
waking up in the morning doing like the the Jewish people do that are devout Jews. They do the prayer before they even get out of bed yeah, the as mo- they're waking up. What is that called? It's called the Moda'ani, something I do mm-hmm. every morning before I even open my eyes. There's, it's a prayer that basically is giving thanks for waking up and yeah. uh, and having another another opportunity. There are a lot of people who don't wake up the next a, day. Yeah. So yeah. it's a frame of mind. Yeah. And I don't do that, but I but it's as I'm practicing this and learning it is is waking up and being grateful. Mm-hmm. Waking up and being thankful that I live where I live mm-hmm. and that I've got opportunity that a lot of people don't have. I mean, we really do have privilege. To sum that up is being grateful for what you have, choosing it, recognize it, even saying it, not only to yourself. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I talk to myself out loud all the time and um, I'm sure it drives you all crazy and, and other roommates in the past no. crazy. Um, but I, I say that that kind of stuff out loud. I think that it's so important to verbalize and declare um, some of these things, whether, you know, kick some it. people would call those affirmations. Yeah, that's what that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, um, yeah. Cake and I do a lot of we practice saying a lot of affirmations. I mean, and that's as basic as looking at myself in the mirror and and saying I love you. You know, I do that. I try to do that every day, yeah. and and not just think it, but say it, speak it out loud. And, and I, th- I think there's weight. There's weight and power in, in vibration and in, in our voices and in sound. And, and it's not just saying words. What is the, what is the spirit behind those affirmations? Mm-hmm. You know, who, who does God say we are? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, you know, we can say we're this and that and the other. I'm, I'm great, I'm good, I'm smart. And it may be true, but so what? Yeah. You're just telling yourself that is good, but who does God say you are? Yeah. You were fearfully and wonderfully made. I, before you were in your mother's womb, I knew you. That doesn't even make any sense, but when you start thinking about it. Thank you so much for joining us on episode five of, of the Power Shift podcast. Today's discussion on nurturing the human spirit has opened up so many avenues of thought and reflection. There's so much depth to this topic that we've decided to continue our exploration in a part two. Join us next week for episode six, where we'll dive even deeper into the nuances of spiritual growth. Until then, keep reflecting, keep connecting, and stay inspired.